0: I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you are new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from The Cut and my general pop culture musings. First off, I have to thank Leah... I'm sorry, I'm not sure if it's Leah or Leah. We're going to go with Leah because that's the uh, Real Housewives of New York way. Thank you so much for leaving a review. If you guys are listening, if you haven't left a review yet, I would love if you did. I'm not kidding. Like It makes my day. I know I shouldn't like hinge so much of my happiness on a nice review and be sad when I get a mean one, but I'm telling you, I'm just so thankful when you take the time to do it. So if you could do that on Apple Podcasts, subscribe first, leave a review, and then tell a friend about this podcast, and I would be eternally grateful. We have a lot of updates, as usual, uh, just because I've consumed a lot of media in the past week. I was really ashamed of myself because the night before I recorded last week's episode, I had watched Cats with Kenzie because it's on HBO Max, and... I don't know what sort of like fever dream mode we were in that we decided it was like a good idea for us to watch it, but it really was as bad as I was expecting. I can't say it was worse than I was expecting because I think all of the downfalls with the CGI are pretty apparent in the commercials for it. And it's just so poorly done. And everything I've talked about before when I was talking about it, like how the scale is just so confusing and the CGI and the humanoid features that they decided to leave on the cats. Um, all of that, just, it that was all still there. It was just as expected. I feel like almost seeing the trailers helped kind of lessen the blow of how alarming it all was. I think if I had just been thrown into it with no context, I would have cried. Uh, I will tell you the scariest part was the baby m- mice, like the mice with the baby faces, which I had read about in reviews, but hadn't seen a picture of. That was the worst part. That was the worst CGI. It was awful. And I think, you know, (laughs) another issue with this, why people were maybe so alarmed is if you've never seen Cats the play, it sort of is a meandering plot that doesn't make a ton of sense. It leaves a lot to be interpreted and a lot to be desired, honestly. I mean, I really enjoyed it when I was like six years old, but I it, I was watching furries on stage. Like, of course, I was gonna like it. It was like watching Disney, <laughs> Disney on Ice, exactly. Um, but the plot is very bizarre, and obviously, they tried to kind of help the plot along with this by ch- by changing it a little bit and making Victoria kind of this protagonist. It really doesn't work, and it it leaves you with the same sense of confusion that you know a play can get away with, and a feature film cannot. But I would say the most disheartening and weird part for me really was why Taylor Swift had a British accent like that was not necessary. She's not very good at a British accent. Was it just a subtle flex on her part to be like, yes, I'm dating an Englishman, London boy. Like, I don't see the point of it and I hate it. And I wish that part could have been redone. Oh yeah, Kenzie's pointing out we are also very disturbed by when, you know, the whole show, the whole movie, Idris Elba has a voluminous fur coat on, just like uh, Dame Judi Dench, and weirdly, some of the cats wear no clothes, and some of the cats wear shoes and no clothes, and some of the cats wear clothes and shoes, so there's really not consistency there, but I guess that's just every cat's little stylistic choice, but... When all of a sudden Idris takes off his coat, it just looks like a nude Idris body. Like everyone else looks like they have cat fur on. Idris looks like his own velvety skin. So all of a sudden, it's just like this naked cat Idris. And I don't know if that's been talked about enough. And as sexy as that may sound to you, let me tell you, it wasn't in in this context, okay? Okay. It's the stuff of nightmares. I'm so glad that I got that out of the way. I felt like I wouldn't have been doing this podcast justice if I didn't watch Cats and comment on it. But again, I'm just very glad that is over. And now I can move on to my next topic, which is that Ariana's first music video of her upcoming album came out today. It's called Positions. And it's it's set with her as president and it's saying like, I can do all these positions for you, which is obviously a double entendre, but she's saying like, I can be in the kitchen. I can be at work. I can be, you know, doggy style. (laughs) She doesn't say that, but that's the gist. And, um, she makes what a lot of people are saying is a dig at Pete Davidson because she, it's obviously about her current boyfriend, um, Dalton Gomez, I believe is his name. And, she's saying like she's willing to do all these positions for him and really whatever he wants because he's just chill and he's down for the ride and she just knows that this time is not going to be a mistake like last time so I think a lot of people are taking that as a dig at Pete Davidson which I think is a fair assumption to make it's a fun music video the fashion's fun um it's you know your typical Ariana Grande style what's there to complain about as promised I wanted to give you guys an update on my sourdough and my ice cream so last week my legit shit was the Cuisinart ice cream maker and let me tell you the ice cream we made was delicious I have eaten so much of it I snuck out last night like right before I was about to go to bed and made myself a little cup of it because I just couldn't go one day without having it (laughs) and I just can't say enough good things I think the the ice cream maker worked perfectly lovely I really think it could pass as like a Jenny's carton of ice cream. Let me tell you, it was freaking expensive to make by the time I bought all the ingredients for it. I definitely should have just gone and bought a pint, but there really is kind of that proud thing about just doing it yourself. And that's why I'm not giving up on my sourdough starter, but it's still, it smells like nail varnish remover and I don't know how to get it out of that stage. Again, though, I will update you guys again next week. I just, I'm not giving up hope. Like the last thing I want to do is restart because everything is like, don't restart. Just just don't give up hope. Just keep going. And you know, that's kind of what I've done with this podcast. So why not do it with my starter? You know, like I continue to have like 50 listeners on this for, you know, after a year of doing it. And I would say by most measures, that's not great. But I appreciate every single one of you and I'm not giving up. All right, next up, we have some tweets from Matthew Schneier, and I wanted to include these because Matthew Schneier is one of the cut writers, and he was reading the Ghislaine Maxwell deposition. It's actually a deposition from 2016, and it was finally unsealed, and there was a lot of debate over that, whether the deposition should be unsealed, and he just like highlighted some parts of it. So there's one line where she says, I don't recollect anything that would formally be a dildo. Well just because it's formally not one doesn't tell me much Ghislaine. And then he writes a bit of black comedy in Maxwell's deposition, outlining what she alleges to be Virginia Guffrey's lies. And I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing her name, but she's one of the people one of the first people who came out against Epstein and Maxwell. And it says Maxwell includes a claim by virginia that maxwell took her shopping at burberry her defense based on a picture of picture a picture of virginia was i would never the outfit doesn't work at all <laughs> so she's saying like this outfit was such trash like that Gisele would never fucking put this outfit together i mean this lady oh i mm, i keep wanting to never have to talk about her again but she just keeps coming up Speaking of dildos, Lily Allen has officially created her own sex toy. I'm not sure. I should have done more research into this. I'm not sure if it's actually a company she created or if she's doing a collab with a company called Womanizer. But I was too distracted by the fact that David Harbour posted an Instagram caption like reposting her sex toy ad and it started out with, I'm buying my wife one. I mean, slow blink. Like, we talked on here before how they just got recently married in Vegas, and I'm I'm just, I don't need that intimate of a glimpse into anyone's life. Let's put it that way. So last week, we obviously talked about Lily James and the dude from The Affair. So this little follow-up blurb felt fitting, and it says, Guy from The Affair Really Just Going For It by Hannah Gold. Now, Kinsey informed me last week that on top of him being in the show The Affair, which Clearly, we know what that was about. He was also in a movie with Keira Knightley called Colette, Colette, where he also has an affair. And then Hannah writes, It seems Dominic West is not done with us yet. No, he's only getting started. Variety reported on Tuesday that the actors in talks to come on board uh, The Crown to play Prince Charles. So, I mean, talk about life imitating art. It's... It's just almost too uncanny to even be funny at this point. But clearly he's got a little too comfortable playing that role that I think the lines got blurred a little bit. And now he's still not. I told you last week he had the weird note with his wife. He's still not admitting to doing this. But come on, dude. Like, can we just fess up? All right, guys, I'm sorry this episode has been a little sexy because this one's this upcoming article is a little sexy, too. It gets a little naughty X rated, if you will. So it's Hollywood's best Chris. It simply doesn't get better than Chris Messina by Sanjita Singh Kurtz. Now, I had to talk about this article because a while back we talked about Chris Messina being the best Chris, I believe it was another Sanjita article. So clearly she feels strongly about this. Uh, We talked about that in episode 28, to be exact, if you'd like to go back and give it a listen for a little context. So Sanjita is just that lucky bitch that I admire so much. I love her writing, and she gets to interview every celeb crush of mine, and recently she got to Zoom with Chris Messina. Now conveniently, the battle of the Chrises is ongoing, you know, the bland white bread Chrises, and there was recently another Twitter discussion that cropped out about which is the best, which is the worst. And as usual, what happens with this, Chris Evans won and Chris Pratt lost. But the sad part of all this is that Chris Messina is never even included on these Chris lists. So I very much appreciate this article. And Sanjita alerted me that Chris told Forbes in 2017 that he simply loves working with women. And I mean... Honestly, shouldn't everyone love working with women? We are delightful. There should be more women bosses, more women CEOs. That's a story for another day, but I know you guys agree. And he says, talking about the roles he's played, he says that in addition to the sweetness of the nice guys that made him famous, he's got a lot of, quote, anarchy and anger in him. He just needs a place to put it. (laughs) But then that is negated by this, next part, which is a fun fact I never knew, maybe you guys did. It said he only ever wanted to be two things, an actor or a dancer. He competed for Mr. Dance of the United States, and his hero is still Mikhail Baryshnikov, the legendary Russian-American ballet dancer. It was kind of like Billy Elliot meets the Karate Kid. People didn't quite understand it, he says of his past life. He'll still take a ballet class now and then, and when he sees a dance show on TV, he'll stop to watch it. I love watching dancers, he says with a smile. You can tell so much about a person by the way they move. It's such a vulnerable mode of expression. Let's break that down a little bit. Have you guys heard of Mr. Dance of the United States? Is that like an old timey thing or am I just behind the times in the dance world? And then he says that, he loves watching dancers, which I agree with. I mean, there is something hypnotizing about watching dancers. I am still very deep into dancing with the stars. Don't worry, guys, just because I don't necessarily talk about it every week. I am still very much invested. Uh, Sky this week was dressed up as Doja Cat and she looked so gorgeous. I just, oh, I just love her. And I know I've said this on here before, but I met Mikhail Barishnikov's son once because he was best friends with one of my friends in college, and I really like to just keep that fun fact in my pocket because that is the closest I will ever get to a Sex and the City um, star because he had a very memorable guest starring moment on Sex and the City. So speaking of vulnerability and dance, uh, Chris had this to say on nudity. Hubba hubba. (laughs) Guys, I've... (laughs) (laughs) Had a week. I will never say hababa again. I'm sorry I'm like losing my damn mind. Okay so he says I've always found that nudity makes me feel very powerful. You're saying this is me. This is the bad shit. I'm not in good shape. This is the hair on my chest. Forgive me. That sounds so fucking actorly but there's something about nudity that just gets right to the point. Now Sanjita points out a lot of things he's been nude in. And Kenzie pointed out to me that she doesn't even mention sharp objects, which he like jerks himself off in. I'm so uncomfortable right now. But yeah, so (laughs) piggybacking off of that, I have to tell you this next part because wowee, does this just glide effortlessly into our next article? So she says that he goes on to describe an early acting experience in which he had to masturbate to completion with his back to the audience in a play. He usually mimed the action, but the day his parents came to watch, he decided to go for the real thing. I remember thinking, you're not a real actor. I could end this now and put them at ease, or I could be a real fucking actor and keep going. So this time he really went for it, as in he really jacked off. But in his determination to prove himself, he got stressed and just ended up making the scene much too long. Luckily, his parents didn't bring it up afterward. They were just like, where do you want to go? Want to get something to eat? Sanjita, I don't know if this story is out there on the internet, but... If it isn't, and you just got this out of Christmas Cena, you know, girl, slow clap. Like, how? I'm shell-shocked. All right, moving on to our next article. Maybe you've heard of this, maybe you haven't, but I'm here to give you the unfortunate reminder that this happened and you can't escape it. It's called, This Zoom Dick Incident is the Talk of the Town by Claire Lampin. So, the New Yorker has suspended one of their staff writers. His name is Jeffrey Tubin after an unfortunate and mysterious Zoom dick incident, which Claire calls the ZDI. So, the story is that Tubin exposed himself to various New Yorker colleagues during a video call last week. And two people who were actually on the call gave some input and they said that he had been masturbating. And Tubin says that he got his penis out on accident. He said, "I believed I was not visible on Zoom. I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. I thought I had muted the Zoom video call. I—I I mean, that was way too many uses of Zoom call in that sentence. Uh, I don't think that was fact checked or PR checked. And so the New Yorker said that it suspended Tubin pending investigation." And I mean, wow o the hits keep on coming for Condé Nast. Like, this story is so fitting for it being Mercury in retrograde, Mars in retrograde, and us about to get hit in the face with Scorpio season. It is just truly a haunting time of year, and I'm not talking about the fact that it's Halloween or election season. So thank you, water signs, for making my life hell. And <laughs> the cut in this article... Um, included some of their favorite tweets about people reacting to this Tubin story and someone tweeted it was my first thought was I wonder who told Tubin the camera was on and that was my first thought as well because honestly in Zoom meetings I feel like that happens a lot like I swear every Zoom thing I'm in someone's like yo you're, you're not muted and you're just like talking about your life and everyone can hear you and That's just on a whole different level than this. And the other funny part about it is that apparently this happened while they were doing like a political simulation, which I had no idea news people did. That felt very middle school history class to me, but go off, honey. Do your little simulations. (laughs) So before we close out, I wanted to give you a little palate cleanser. And The Cut did an interview with Francesca Scorsese, the infamous... And Scorsese's daughter. First of all, she has a tiny Pomeranian named Yeti. So clearly, I die over that. I will say it until I'm blue in my face. If you own a Pomeranian, I'm automatically going to like you a little more. Like going into it, you're already like a couple points up on the spectrum because Pomeranians are just the most fun little bundles of joy. They're fundles. <laughs> So, I wanted to share this cute little exchange with you. And the reason she was being uh, interviewed is because she's on this show on HBO call, called, guys, I can't speak. It's a show called We Are Who We Are, which I just think of Kesha when I hear that, but apparently it's a show on HBO. And the interviewer asked her, "It's. I'm under the impression that you help your dad with his Instagram. Is that correct? If so, I want to say that you've been doing an incredible job. It's one of my favorite accounts to follow. And she says, oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, a long time ago, I was like, dad, you have to get an Instagram. And he was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And I was like, please. I love Instagram. I use it as a little photo journal of my life. So he let me make it for him. Obviously, people didn't believe it was his. So I filmed a video of him being like, Instagram, this is my Instagram. Like so bad. Laughs. I like showing the more normal aspects of his life. People compare him to God sometimes. And I'm like, Jesus, he's just a little man with a family. He's very talented, but I also think people might benefit from seeing the other side of his life. He's an incredible father and very, very sweet. He loved his dogs. (laughs) I just feel like that's how she would have said it in real life, you know? And so then they said, so you're basically his social media manager now. And she says, gosh, no, I couldn't keep up with that. I post a lot of the family stuff. He also has it on his phone. He So he does it with me. He chooses what the captions are. But I usually, I actually share the account with Paramount and Netflix for anything he has to do. Like if he has a project or something, other people will log on and post. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. I have school and I'm also working. But I try. I mean, don't you love just the earnestness of that? I love it. I Francesca, I love you boo. Come on, come on kind of cute one day. All right. Sorry this was like a little short episode this week. I don't think I'm in a state to really pump out a long one this week and I feel like all I was talking about was like full frontal nudity, nudity and it just was making me a little uncomfy because as we've established, I'm clearly like a closet prude because every time I talk about it I'm like, "Oh, I'm blushing." <laughs> That was unintentional, Kenzie. So legit the legit ship for today is the Steelish Shimmer and Glow Liquid Eyeshadow. I got this in some little kit. I had like three of them. And then my aunt just gave me two of the bigger sized ones. And I used to always use them as like a really concentrated glitter. But I've realized these are actually great if you just swipe on a little bit and then like use an eyeshadow brush to kind of just smudge it out to give you this really nice like frosted, Frosted sounds 80s, but like a, a subtle glittery eye look. So, check those out if you haven't tried them yet. I'm obviously linking them in the show notes along with all the articles we talked about today. And my second and last legit shit of the day is AllisonZai.com. It's A L I S O N Z A I.com. She makes the cutest comments. Kenzie got me a print from here and I've had it for a while and I just framed it a couple weekends ago. So she reminded me that I should put it on legit shit. So check her out because you know we love supporting small artists around here. Well, not that she's a small artist, but, you know, independent artist, whatever. All right. I'm, I'm just stopping this before it gets worse. I will see you guys next week. Bye.